back here at Wagerager with Dutch and Vosch train coming off of a eh, weekend with golf, but we'll still take it back to backs at Muirfield. What's going on, fellas? How much? How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Still sweating my ass off after this weekend, Dutch. We Ooh. were on the beach sweating. It's a hot one. And it's gotten even hotter. I feel like walking the dog. I walked the dog about an hour ago outside. I feel like I'm still sweating here, but I feel like, I mean, I'm definitely still sweating. I got to debut my beach cabana this weekend, and let me tell you what, heaven on earth, boys. <laughs> the beach the, cabana was a big hit. It was a big hit. I couldn't I couldn't have been happier all day sitting on the beach there. It was a huge hit. Uh, these weekends are probably going to start getting to me, so I think I need to, uh, it's not like an alcoholic, as I have in the past couple podcasts, but I'm going to, you know, take it easy for a couple weekends before I go on vacation to the Outer Banks. God willing, with the pandemic going on, but uh, God willing also, hopefully we keep getting golf and all these sports coming at us you know there's a lot planned in the next few weeks here fellas sure a lot is. of action coming our way there's i think it's a fit we can officially say sports are back right sports are back yes they're back. Back. back we Very have a back. couple days and by the time that we post this it'll be a day before baseball starts and then every team then plays on friday i think what yankees and nationals giants and dodgers are going off on a thursday night doing a back-to-back -back recording tonight myself we're doing mlb futures have i done all of my homework no, but to be honest with you, <laughs> but to be honest with you, I don't even know what to expect. Like all these sports, I'm sure we'll talk about it at nauseum in the next few weeks. It's just going to be a learning process. Like it feels like a new season is starting. It is a new yeah, I mean, you, starting, you can only do so much homework for a 60 game season, right? We haven't seen one before. So how can you really prepare? There's new rules. There's no fans. There's all this and that going on. The schedules are condensed. A team like the Mets is not going out west to play the Giants. But I should save all this for our MLB podcast. Yeah, We're here hey, to talk golf. We're here like to talk ready. golf. <laughs> Recap on the golf. Didn't hit it outright, but guess what? You're not going to hit it outright overall every week. The head-to-heads, the matchups were good. What, six and four votes training? I want to say up about three units with that 1.5 unit hit. So not bad. Actually yep. really good. I'll take it any week. Yeah. Yeah, hit some hit some nice ones, nice ones too. We had um, Phil over Rory at you know plus one thirty one, English over Young Yan or Benny Yan at you know plus one twenty six. So yeah, that's how we kind of worked our way to about a three unit profit on the matchups, which basically covered our outrights. And you know, I ended up very slightly up on the week, which is exactly where you want to be when you don't hit an outright, because then when you do, you're you know sitting pretty. I would say overall, Muirfield Village was a pretty successful stop for a team wager rager, right? I mean, absolutely. Hitting out right, we did well in matchups the first week, and we were positive in the matchups in the second week. What, what more can you ask for? Let's play there every week. I agree. Jack's Just place keep it going. is a good place. <laughs> Just have it back-to-back -back there like once a quarter. It was really interesting that how different the course played also. I mean, it felt like that you're playing in two different parts of the world, to be yeah. honest with you. Like, this reminded me of a British Open in Scotland with the wind. I mean, it was a little bit warmer. It was, what, like 93 degrees? Heat Unreal, wind right? On Sunday. But it was just wild. It was so windy. Winning score, John Rahm finished, what, nine under? But, I mean – there were top top 10, I think 10th overall, probably got, what, three under, maybe even two under. It was very different, these scores. We had the week before, I think the winning score was, what, 20 under in the playoffs. So it, it was, was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy, guys. Wild week. Extremely tough conditions. Did play a lot like a major. I think that's a good comp. And, like, the fact that John Rahm, I mean, he really shot, you know, minus 11. He lost two strokes for that for that penalty. Yep. I mean, absolutely incredible. He, he lapped the field. To be honest with you, I stopped watching on Sunday because it was yeah. such a runaway. I mean, I looked up, there was that rain delay, and then I grabbed some lunch. John Rahm, I looked up again, he was six strokes up. 
And I was just saying, well, it's not going to happen. Plus, I thought that they'd actually have to continue it on Monday, but my uh, D-Nice weather skills weren't on point there. I guess they got the round in. I pride myself on my weather forecast. And I called the first delay, the second one. I was like, oh, they finished. Great. Uh, finished nine under. And Palmer was there. I actually... Full disclosure, I took a uh, flyer on Palmer. I just put a little bit of money. I think I got him at like plus 1,500, plus 1,400 on Sunday morning. Just saying, stranger things have happened. He was starting the day four back. John Rahm meltdown potentially. Eh. And with all the wind, sure, take a flyer. But it didn't happen. We also have to mention that we fell in love with a new golf personality. What's his name? That guy oh, that we were talking about? Slugger White. Slugger. Slugger White. I, I knew there was, yeah. What I was a about dream. to say Digger. Yeah, it was Slugger. <laughs> What a treasure. Slugger was awesome. <laughs> Slugger needs to travel around to every course. Yeah, I agree. He was so country about it, but he was sure that they were going to get those next few holes in. So I, I wonder if Slugger's go from Ohio. Yeah, because he, he had that strong accent. I spent a few years in Ohio. This is going back now two decades. We should probably talk about golf, not this. But he, he had a hard accent. Like almost he was like from the deep south. Maybe that's the Ohio accent. And I just forget. But Slugger's a go. hit, man. Slugger's a hit. Awesome. Slugger was a hit. Speaking of hits, Bryson, I felt like wanted to hit some people when he you know had that 10 spot on Friday. He yeah, was he below been... the cut line before that, guys. He was <laughs> he plus one. Been... He also he let was... Brooks back in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was trending towards, you know, easily making the cut. I think the cut ended up plus three. He was, he was right there. And then that, that hole was pretty spectacular. Uh, just like looking, I wasn't watching at the time, but just like watching the PGA, like, you know, tracker was incredible because it, it literally looked like he was just going from one edge of the course to the next. Just back and forth, zigzagging his way down. He yeah. was, he was not happy. And then he gave the judge some issues, right? Yeah, I think what that's called is roid rage. Yeah. Like, dude, it's not that guy's fault. You're the one that hit it next to the fucking fence there. He's like, someone give me a protein shake, please. Like, come on, man. So official update is Bryson has not broken golf. Broke golf when he won. No longer broken. Golf 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 will go on. Yeah, golf is fixed. He is not. He will not win every tournament he plays in. Turns out. It turns out that just being able to bomb the ball is great. You can gain some strokes, maybe sometimes many strokes on it. Not going to work every weekend. Not going to work in every course. That's not how it works, guys. No, sir. No, sir. And in all seriousness, I mean, we kind of talked about it when he won. Like, you know, he did a lot of his work with the putter this week. His approach was still a little off. Putter wasn't there. He was really never in contention. I mean, he's no. going to have to get those irons right if he's if he wants to, you know, win one of these upcoming majors, which I'm sure is what he has his his eyes set on. So, I mean, you know, the putter is great when it's there, but he can't gain seven strokes a week, and the irons just like have not been that great since he made his transformation. But my God, that driver, in- insane! He would he like won like four oh seven. Yeah, on, on <laughs> oh, he bombed it. Yeah. Oh, he, he shot he, it to the moon. He destroyed it. He did lose five strokes on approach on Friday. I'm looking at it here. <laughs> and I guess it's that one hole really did him in. But that, yeah, negative five <laughs> spot, that, that negative five spot has to be up there as highest for the day. So I'll filter here. Yep. Lowest or highest, I guess, no matter like how you want to look at it. Negative 5.03. Bryson took that crown on Friday. <laughs> good stuff. Yes, he did. Anything else we want to talk about? But this recap, Finau looked good for a few days there. I think he was maybe even co – no, he wasn't co-leader going into Sunday, but he was right there. He was leader Thursday, Friday, and mm-hmm. then uh, Finau can't get it done up. on Sunday. He was three up going into the back nine on Saturday, and then he had – you know, Finau usually melts down on a Sunday. He decided to, you know, turn up the heat on himself a little bit early this time and does <laughs> normal fade away. 
Enal faded away for sure. And then John Rahm, I know that uh, there were two schools of thought. It reminded me of a few weeks ago when Bryson won, and there was the anybody but Bryson crowd, and then there was the crowd. Some sharps that were like, I think Bryson should be like four and a half to one here. I was like, really? In a golf event? And then he ended up winning. John Rahm, who we did not take and we didn't even really consider taking, right? He got smoked from what, like 20 to one odds of 13, 14 last week, Bo String? Yeah, some big money came in on him from pretty respected betters. I mean, I think there was, you know, it's really sort of the the two types of sort of people who who kind of model golf, right? There's people that put more emphasis on short-term trends or balance, you know, long and short-term trends more. And then I think, you know, some people really take just a long-term approach, which sometimes misses, you know, blips in performance, but also captures people like John Rahm, who are just talent-wise a top two, three player in the world. And you see him at 22 to one and they went after him pretty hard. And I mean, everything went right for him this tournament. And he, he just absolutely smoked the field. I don't think anyone anticipated that happening in a field with, you know, Rory and JT and, yep. uh, and some others, but it was a pretty impressive showing. It was also wild that like literally every other major name in golf just literally bombed on that, that course. <laughs> Yeah. They, just, yeah. they were awful. They just all faded away, and Rom just dominated it. He was fiery out there, and he just took it. It, it. it made it kind of boring on Sunday, for me at least. Dude, he gained, he gained 6.3 strokes around the green. I, wow. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever seen a number that high. Jeez. It's hard to gain around the green because, like, just ultimately, it, you know, you only get so many opportunities, right? And the people that do, they generally all are competent chippers. So, like, yeah, there's a difference between getting within three feet and getting within 10, and you can gain strokes that way. But 6.3 is wild. That yeah. is wild. Here's another wild one real quick, something I'm looking at. Finau around the green just on Sunday lost more than three strokes. <laughs> <My God>. Yikes. <laughs> Not going to get it done, Tony. Still finished eighth. And to another point that I had earlier on, I was wondering what the uh, top five, top ten scores were. Even actually got you tied for tenth. So even on the weekend. That's how that's how hard this course played. What a those. different tournament. What a different tournament. I think we can put a bow on uh, Jack's place for now, right? Yeah. We had a yeah. wonderful time there. Thank you. And we'll see you next year. <laughs> And we'll keep on going here to the the 3M Open. Where the hell are they playing this Dutch? Out of Blaine, Minnesota, which is 15 miles north of Minneapolis, St. Paul region. Have not been there. But didn't they play the Ryder Cup out there somewhere in 2016 in Minneapolis? Yes. I remember that because I was flying back and I had a layover. <laughs> that was a firm maybe. Gonna say that's like so specific on the time. Like, I don't you know the answer because you're pretty on point here. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have even fucking posed it as a question because I know for a fact I was coming back to my brother-in-law's <laughs> wedding and I had a layover going back to beautiful Milwaukee in Minneapolis, which that's going the opposite way. But that's neither here nor there because sometimes when you fly to shitty cities, you have shitty layovers. And uh, I was in Minneapolis and I was rushing to catch my flight because my flight was delayed and I trucked this woman in like Ryder Cup gear getting onto the tram and she was like excuse me and I <laughs> trucked her and there's like all these people in like US gear everything and I was just trying to get this shitty Milwaukee so that's my uh, <laughs> Minneapolis story from 2016 nice airport though oh that's good <laughs> yeah beautiful airport better than nice. Milwaukee hopefully they had some uh, decent first aid there yeah, hopefully she's okay. I think hopefully we would have heard from her if she wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully she doesn't track me down now. But anyways, 3M Open happening outside yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah, so it's uh, the 3M Open at TPC Twin Cities. Very cool name. Very standard course. We're looking at a 
a 7,400-yard par 71 designed by Arnold Palmer and player consultant Tom Lehman. Ooh. Yeah, a little interesting fact about (laughs) Tom Lehman. He's 61 years old, and he is in the field this week. So we might be taking a little stringer on a first-round leader for Tom Lehman. I mean, the guy fucking made the course. He's got to be decent at playing it, right? You would think so. I thought he was older, and I did not know he was playing. Yeah, we so have the, to throw at least, you know, five bucks on it. 100% already done on my end, and I would suggest <laughs> the same thing for all of you guys. I would say, why not take a flyer on the guy who built it? It's a first-round leader. It's $5, and I think it pays out at, yes, 200 to 1. So let's take it. I'll yeah, take it. In. Part of me is hoping that in. either yeah. – Yeah, I'm going to bet it right now. Part of me is hoping that either that 201 hits – or he shoots a 10 over on his own course. <laughs> on his own course. <laughs> like, God damn Sorry, it. Tom. <laughs> oh, rat farts. I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this course was designed yeah, sure. by Arnold Palmer. And because it's a TPC, that's why they have the player consultant as well. So, Tom was playing at the time. He was a good player back in the day. And he has, obviously, a lifetime exemption. He's also a Minnesota legend, Lehman, that is. So, it opened in 2000 on a former sod farm. So, I guess... They already had plenty of fucking grass there. The grass that we are all interested in is the grass on the greens. And this week, the greens are bent grass. Mm. Bent grass plays like glass. We like that. They're fast greens. So there's going to be a lot of birdie looks. One, because this resort-style course is just a big hulking course, and you can bomb it out there. And people throw darts into these greens as well. Once you're on the green, it's kind of a level playing field. Like I said, it's like glass if you're a pro putter you should be able to figure these greens out. Not going to see anybody skidding off the pole like last week. So before this, this tournament, this is the second year of the 3M Open. So another tournament that we don't have a ton of background data on. Oh. They formerly hosted the 3M Championship, which was for the senior tour. And they hosted that for 18 years. So it's, it's definitely a course that's well known. And it is going to be a more of a modest field with a smaller purse at 6.6 million. But it should prove to see some, we should see a lot of action. These TPC courses are, I mean, they're kind of built for the show of, of PGA Tour golf. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, some of the guys that we have lined up put some low scores on this course, looking for something in the, like the minus 20 range to be a winner this week. I like it. And that's something that we should start doing here is you guess what the winning score will be. You hit the nail on the head two weeks ago. I don't know what we said last week, but you were probably right there. So what's your guess on this one for a winning score? I'm going to say, given like the scores and how they've been slightly off the past, I'd say like minus 19. That, that's minus I, 19? Yeah. Not by Tom Lehman? No, that's definitely a, not by guess, Tom I Lehman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Lehman's going to be off the board by day two. But maybe we'll get a Vijay Singh kind of performance out of him. Who knows? Is Vijay playing this week? Because every week I look down, he plays. And he made the damn cut last week, guys. Yes, he did. Yes, he oh, did. yeah. Made the cut. Made the cut. All right. Beautiful course preview, per usual. I guess we can get into odds now. I was going to say, it, it is a shitty field. I mean, you you do have some great golfers here, but I think I got spoiled by what happened last weekend. And we're going to take some time. Or some of these players, golfers, are going to take some time off before major season. Bookmaker, for some reason right now, won't pull up on my browser. Um, so I'm going to go with FanDuel odds right now. We've been using FanDuel. I'm not going to say that we've picked off FanDuel because actually we, we, did hit, we did hit an outright on FanDuel a couple weeks sure ago. Sure did. So we <laughs> FanDuel yep. has some valuable lines. So I'm just going to go, you know, top 10, top nine real quick and just list it out. 
favorite on FanDuel right now, and it might vary according to your book, but DJ Dustin Johnson, 11-1, Kepka, 12, Finau, 14. Finau, I mean, is he going to win it? I mean, no. Fleetwood, 16-1. Paul Paul Casey, 20. And wasn't he a lot? Paul Casey was what yesterday, Votestream? 25. 25. 25. We picked him off there. Oh, and yeah. Fando actually moved their lines. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe they're one of the few listening to my goddamn podcast. Wolf. <laughs> Wolf 23 to 1. And I say that jokingly. We do have a lot of new people following and listening. So I thank those people. I have not gotten halfway through this top 10 yet. Sorry. Harris English 33 to 1. Russell Henley. Who the fuck is that guy? It's 33 to 1. Bubba Watson 35. And this has a tie with Sam Burns EVR at 36 to 1. That's rounding it out there. We do have DJ here at least. Great golfer. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, you know, I know that this is like a pretty weak field, I would say, relative to what we've been sort of blessed with the last few weeks. But I love these types of fields where the good players who are there are guys like DJ and Brooks, who I think are just vastly overvalued generally by the betting market, taking up all of the odds, right? So you're just compressing odds. You know, you're always at the top of the board, right? When you have like Rory, JT, they take a lot of a lot of the action. They create some value down the board a little bit. But ultimately, like you're really afraid of them winning and just sort of recognizing that they may just scorch the field and beat you. Sure. But like, I'm not really worried about DJ and Brooks this week. Like, of yeah. course they could win and DJ did win a few weeks ago. But I mean, you saw where DJ's game is last week where he you know, shot an 80 and followed it up with another 80. So, you know, DJ can put things together at any time. And, and absolutely has the ability to win this tournament, but he doesn't rank particularly well for me. And the fact that he's the favorite is great because it creates a lot of value for us down the board. I love it. And it really matters on your book right now. I'm, I finally got a bookmaker to pull up. Brooks is plus 16. So he's 16.6 to one. He's 12 to one on Fando. I mean, these lines are very different and this is very interesting to me. I know that there's a lot of sports coming back, but I feel like that there's a lot of hard money. There's recreational money on golf. There's also sharp money. And these lines... And I guess it shouldn't be shocking because FanDuel is different, but these lines are all over the place. I mean, Henley is 42.5 to 1 on Bookmaker. And he's 35, did I say? 33 to 1 on FanDuel. I don't even know who the hell the guy is, Roastrain. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually um... – <laughs> We can talk some Russell Henley. So he's actually uh, he's actually. It a definitely great wasn't in the plans. But we Sorry. He's <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's number one in the field on approach. So actually fits this course pretty well. Oh, it's a ball that's striker's why. Course, but a lot of the other things that I think are going to matter on this course, he is completely lacking, right? So you got to be good off the tee, Dutch laid it out. You have to be able to kind of get through this course. It's a longer course, so you got to be able to drive the ball a little bit. He's not great there. He is not particularly good on par fives. His birdie are better gained. So, I mean, you're going to have to score on this course. He's 95th in the field. So he's he comes up like 23rd mm. um, in terms of win equity in my model. But, like, if his other parts of his game were a little bit better, he'd be perfectly suited because he's far and away, you know, over sort of the time frame we use from a modeling perspective, he's been the best on approach in the field. Got it. Question for you. Has he played in recent weeks? Have I just not yes. seen the name? Because there's been other names that, Absolutely. Know, that have been there. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just a middle-of-the-pack guy, kind of, you know. Okay. He's one of those guys that secretly – not secretly. I mean, he's just been very consistently in the same spots in these tournaments. He shines in these smaller fields and kind of finds yeah. his way into the middle of some of the other ones. 
he, he's a plus 10,000 type guy in a full field tournament. Yeah, got it. And right now he's 33 to one at Fendo. I'm glad I asked that question though. I'm the Joe Schmo golfer of the group. I'm asking questions and you guys have all the knowledge. It's a nice, you know, take and give and give and take right here. So, okay. Go. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about uh, who is popping in your model here, Vostrain? Let's do it. So, I am excited about this guy and we kind of, you know, referenced him off the top, but like there are two areas of Paul Casey's game, which hold him back and they are around the green. And we saw that when he dropped, you know, a snowman on a par three, he went from, <laughs> he went from the sand over the green to the water. Yeah, <laughs> and then I believe he then chipped over the green again, back, back into the rough. So not great there. First I thing I saw on there. Friday morning was your message. <laughs> About that, I was like, "Well, he's out." <laughs> yeah, we were we were kind he's of. He's young. I mean, he had hope he'd at least do a little bit of a charge on Friday because you know at least get us someone that was sort of there for the Saturday Sunday. He he took us right out of it, right off the bat with that that snowman on the par three. So he's not great there, and he's not great at putting. And these are two areas that matter far less on this type of course, at least based on the one year of results we have than others. Massive, you know, fairways, pretty easy to hit greens. Precision is important. And there's not a lot of like protection for the greens, you know, assuming that his approach game is on point and he's the third best in the field on approach. He shouldn't really have a lot of, you know, tough up and downs. And that's really the area that he struggles. I mean, he's 137th in the field um, around the green. So not a great area for him. And then putting, he struggles on putting. But I mean, we saw last year, Matthew Wolf won this tournament without gaining a full stroke on the green. So he is pretty well suited for this type of course. He's second in in par fives gained, 19th in birdies and better gained, 18th in bogey avoidance. He's just a, a perfect player for this type of course. And the fact that FanDuel put up a 25 to one number on him is wild. I still think there's value at 20 to one. I should, I have him at like 13, 14 to one. So I'm pretty excited about where we are with him on the betting card. Yeah. I'm very excited about that one. Shopping around. I was shopping around last night just to see if there were other 25s out there. I think William Hill, that's only Jersey and maybe Vegas. Like I don't even have access to it in Pennsylvania, but I like to just look at it because I'm a degenerate. I like looking at numbers, but uh, Fox bet had him at 25 to one. Fox bet. I imagine that's a recreational book. It's a fucking, you know, channel like Fox has their own sports book, right? So, <laughs> shopping around 20 to one bookmaker, I think is down to what 16 or so right now with Paul yeah, Casey. So, 1600. Yeah. Shop it around. He said 1314 is fair value. So yeah, I'm sure you could get it out there somewhere. Absolutely. And then the next guy is a familiar name to the Wager Rager family. That's uh, our boy, Max Homa, who I realize has has let us down over the last several tournaments, but again, is just really well situated for this. He has gained off the tee in nine of his last 10 tournaments, and he's gained on approach in eight of his last 10. And when he gains, he can gain a lot of strokes. I mean, he's had tournaments where he's gained, you know, six plus strokes on approach and, you know, one to three strokes on off the tee. And those are kind of the two most important metrics. But then just beyond that, he also is a really good fit. He's um, 10th in the field on birdies and better gain. Really good at avoiding bogeys, third in the field on that. He's strong on par fours. There's some long punk par fours on this course that you're going to have to score on. So 
you know, at, at 70 to one, which is where we got him. It's, it's insane. I'm seeing him now at 4850 on, on bookmaker. Not sure where he is on the, the greatest book in the world fan. Duel, oh, well, guess what? He's still at 70 to one. Incredible. <laughs> incredible. He's still at 70 to one. <laughs> Ooh, just, so just go to FanDuel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that should be the first stop for anyone that has access to that book because they just, they set some pretty trash lines. Yeah. It's pretty unbelievable. You can get them plus 280 at a top 22 if you want it, but just do 70 to 1 if you're going to bet anything because the value is 100% there. I think FanDuel's available in five states now. I want to say Jersey, West Virginia. I think there's a random state too, like Indiana. Definitely not California though, but they're working their way no. out there. Maybe. No, we'll never make it in California. Too, too much freedom for the people. <laughs> yeah, they'll work their way out there in terms of other states in the West. I think I saw something about Colorado, but don't quote me. But No, they're in Colorado. Uh, oh, are they? They're okay, in there. Good. Yeah, okay, they are. Good. I have a buddy in Colorado who bets with them. Good. And and I have his you know win percentage at 3.1%, which would imply like 32 yeah, not seven. One, not seven. It's just a wild value, and I, I realize you know that he hasn't he hasn't really come through for us. And <laughs> we we bet him basically every week, but this is the type <laughs> of week where he can just absolutely crush. I mean, this type of course, this field, the the weakness of this field, he there's no way he should be plus seven thousand. With that being said, and this is something we might get into a little bit later, and we'll definitely start posting more of uh, on our Twitter accounts and all of our Instagrams and all that stuff. This is a guy that I love for a first-round leader type of play. Ooh, uh, he, he's okay. one of those guys that can come out of the gates super hot. If he's playing well, catch fire. Maybe he doesn't hold it through the weekend, but we get some you know, action off of him in the, in the front. I would love that. Um, not a secret. I was going to say it, it, it's a secret, not a well-kept secret. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. But what I was going to say is that we are going to start posting first-round leaders. And the secret that I was going to say is that We've been testing some things, not me personally, but Dutch has been testing some things with these uh, first round leaders, just seeing like what sticks and not. And uh, he hit one last week on Finau and we didn't post it out there because, you know, it's still in the early going. I mean, keep in mind the coronavirus pandemic and golf reentry only happened six, seven weeks ago. So like we're still dicking around with this, but he's hit like two of the past five or three of the past six. And so it got to the point where I was like, holy fuck, we need to post these things. So yeah, I like it. I definitely yeah, they're, like it. They're a fun little way to start the week. You can cover your bets for the week. Like we said, Mirfield was good to us. I hit both first round leaders there with this little test that we're doing. And uh, we hit one prior to that, I think, a couple weeks earlier. So I think uh, I think it's time to release them to the uh, public now. Absolute fire on the first round leader stuff. Don't Do expect them all to hit, but there's definitely no. value there. Oh, and it's good to note that uh, the, you know, the goal of these first round leaders, what I like to do and do it if you'd like, but I like a $5 on each one. I do a 25 pack every, every, every week, $25 to hopefully pay for the weekend. And it's panned out 50% of the time. So let's see if we can do it together. Let's try to do it together. Max Homa's there. He's listed on FanDuel right around Chris Kirk. Vegas is at 65 to 1. Christopher Ventura. This guy's name is Christopher. Christopher. I don't even know who the hell this guy is. He's listed below. He's got better odds than Homa. So, I mean, come on. Christopher. Christopher. Like, is this like a Russian spy that's somehow in the 3M Open? I think it's a Swedish name, I think. (laughs) What the hell is this? Austin Powers and spies? I mean, Christ. All right. Back to golf. Yeah, back to outrights. (laughs) So, so, uh, this, well, I guess we're on the topic of foreigners. So, this guy fits. So, so EBR. (laughs) 
Eric Van Royen, who actually, I honestly have no idea how to pronounce his last name. I feel like I've never actually heard it pronounced. And so I make up a new pronunciation each week because he's always on the card. But again, similar to Homa, this is just a great course for him. Mm -hmm. Ball striking, off the tee, top five in both, seventh in par five, sixth in birdie and better, or better gain. A little weak on the long par fours, and there are a few of them uh, this week. But I mean, at 40 to one, I, this guy is extremely talented. He's definitely a more talented player than Max Homa. And his his metrics and game just really fit this course well. So I think we got him at plus 4,000. I would take him all the way down to the low 30s. I think he's a really nice value here. So but let me just add a little bit to that because here at Wager Rager, we love metrics and stats, but we also like a little gut feel. This guy is the gut feel of the century. Yeah. He went to University of Minnesota. He won okay. the Tom Lehman Award. He oh, won the fucking Tom okay. Lehman Award. This Ooh, is his home okay. track. He's staying with his in-laws who live in the area this week. Okay. Uh, so he's married someone from the area because he was there at school. I mean... This guy is it's he's it's a homecoming for him. So I love the gut on it too. The gut feel is good. That's some great facts right there. What's the Tom Lehman Award? Uh, you know, I knew that when I wrote it down, but now I'm pretty sure it's like something for like the best golfer at that college at the University of Minnesota. Hopefully he's the best fucking golfer alive this weekend and he hits this. <laughs> I'll fact check it while we're going here. Top ten. Van Royen, we just call him EVR sometimes. It's hard to put it on the card, too. It's like I'm like typing it on the card. I'm like, this doesn't fit on the line. EVR plus 340. I might dabble on Ooh, that, too. Top 10. That feels like a dabble. That feels like a dabble for the Tom Lehman Award winner. Yeah, there you go. Let's do it. EVR. I feel it. Um, I like what Dutch had. Good information. I, I really like that narrative. That's nice. Another guy who... Uh, doesn't quite have the same narrative as EVR, but has the sort of right feel is the doctor, our good friend, the doctor, Doc Redman. Absolutely unmitigated disaster last week. He <laughs> lost six strokes putting in two rounds, which is pretty difficult to do. Rough go. Um, lost another 2.1 around the green. But again, this is the type of course where putting and around the green play have mattered less. And when it comes to ball striking, he is very elite. He's um, second overall in the field. He's gained 22 strokes on approach in his last five tournaments, which only includes two rounds of the Memorial since his putter was so bad. Off the tee game, very, very solid. Uh, not as great as his approach game, but he did at one point earlier this year, this golf season, gain um, seven straight tournaments, so certainly has that ability. Oh. Hasn't exactly eaten up the par fives, and that is something that's a bit concerning just because like you have to score on this course which means you have to score on the par three on the par three par fives but he has been really precise and he's given himself a lot of opportunities like you know fantasy nationals is that called opportunities gain which basically measures an approach shot within 15 feet of the hole for birdie or better and he's second in the field in that so He's had opportunities. He just needs to get the flat stick going. I know D Nice loves that term. Get it oh, going. Um, yeah. And so if he can get that going, he's given himself the opportunities, and that's what you want. And we got him at 4,100. Is that yeah, right? 4,100. I believe we got him at 4,100. He's at 4,100 still, 41 to 1 yep. on FanDuel. And then I looked at him. Oh, Bookmaker, is this right that he's 57 to 1 right now? I saw that. I hit it again. I have to be wow. honest. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> wow. 57 to one. So sharp money is thinking that his flat stick doesn't come out this weekend, but I mean, you or, just laid out a really or, good argument. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you know, I think the real tail tail sign of, 
of sharp money is like Wednesday evening. Where do the lines settle? Let's see what happens. Because um, like the big betters are probably not, you know, you're limited a little bit more in the beginning of the week. They're not going to take like, a, you know, a $10,000 bet on some of these guys. They will maybe perhaps later in the week. And so I think that's when you're going to really see who the sharps particularly love. 100% agree. I like that where he mentioned that also. Real quick to our listeners and viewers, we're going to actually start doing this podcast one night earlier. We had plans this week, didn't, just wasn't in the cards this week. We're going to start doing this podcast, recording it Monday nights and get it out there Tuesday, as well as just bump everything up because we like doing it early and the lines are there early in the week and might as well give people what they want in their content and their picks earlier. The earlier, the better. So I like it. Early bird gets the worm, right? We'll start doing that. Not going to promise it every week, but that's going to be the goal. Shoot for Monday. Shoot for a Monday recording and we'll get it out there ASAP. While we're at it, Doc Redman, first round leader. I like that as an option as well. Okay. Doc Redman all over the place in terms of odds. Let's see what happens with the sharp money tomorrow. But 57-01, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to dabble. Absolutely. Um, And then, you know, we'll put out the rest of the card and we're not going to run through everyone, but someone who is particularly interesting, who's quite a long shot is uh, Cameron Tringale. Mm -hmm. He was plus 16,000 on bookmaker, which just makes no sense because he is a great iron player, eighth on approach, good on the long par fours, you know, adequate in birdie or gain, better gain. He's above average in the field, not particularly great off the tee, but like that value at plus 1600 is wild. He should be priced in sort of the mid fifties. Um, oh, okay. So, I mean, not saying that he's going to win by any means, but you're getting just massive value there. And obviously, if he's even remotely in contention at plus 16,000, that is a massively awesome sweat on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That'd be fantastic. And what a fantastic name to root for, too. I just want to scream. I can't wait to scream that on the weekend, hopefully. I'm sure I can create something immature to yell involving that last name in the next uh, (laughs) couple hours. Just give me some time. Just give me some time. Tringali, yeah, he's 100 to 1 at Fandle, but we know they don't have the most accurate lines. 160, you said, Vostran? Yeah. A bookmaker shopping around. Fox Bet might have something, or your your local bookie might have some line on uh, Mr. Tringale. Plus 290, I'm looking at top 30. You could look at that too at Fandle. Okay, Tringali. Another one, another one we like for a first round leader there. So I mean, we'll release the full first round leaders after I look through them. But I, he's plus eight thousand. Again, we're looking for Ooh. a guy to catch fire in like the plus five to plus nine thousand range. I'll take that. a flyer on that and see if he can tickle my Tringale. <laughs> and there it is. It was only about what six seconds. We got it. Maybe sixteen <laughs> seconds. <laughs> uh, lovely. <laughs> really mature <laughs> so so uh do you think do we have our outrights or do we uh do we have any more that are standing out for us right now you know i think that's pretty good i would just mention like we're going to be on burned Beastburger this week doesn't play a lot on the tour but it's been really strong in europe so he doesn't always pop in the model but he is a top 30 player in the world golf rankings because he's been so good on the european tour that's um, interesting and so okay. and so at, at 990 to one i think he's now at 90 or 95 to one definitely worth a punt that's like interesting it. and question because i don't follow all these tours do you have to play a certain amount of tours on the pga tour as opposed to you said it was what tour that he was on and he had some great european rankings? european okay the european tour so how does that work do you need to go off of that and play in the pga enough to keep your tour card or like how does that work because i don't know anything about this yeah so there's there's different tour cards right so you can have your european tour card you can have your u.s pga tour card and you can play different events, but you can only play certain ones based off qualifications. 
and Vostrain. Do you know like what those qualifications are? I mean, is it the world golf ranking? Is it money? Mm, it's I think it's performance on the actual tour. Um, yeah first and foremost but then the world golf rankings do matter for like wgc events like the one that's happening next week cool got it got it that's something that i figured that i'd ask because i'm interested i haven't seen that name i haven't seen his name and uh i don't know if i've seen it yet so okay it's actually it's actually been a little bit of a topic this week too so you were pretty spot on with asking i mean the the (laughs) big controversy has been with john rom jumping to the top of the world golf rankings right now and they were saying that like you know he did that by like positioning potentially on some tournament wins on the European tour okay. to then, you know, get himself in a better position on the U S tour. Okay. Just kind of work the system he, a little bit. Mm. I don't think that he did work the system, but it, yeah. the system worked for him. So there he is now at the top of the board for a week. At least the system is out there. You play the game how you want. You can work the system how you want. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up real quick, um, is there anyone more fading? Cause I know we always talk about favorites, but, We've faded Ricky in the past. I think we should probably back off fading Ricky for a minute. But anybody that like you guys want to fade this week, Vostrin? Yeah, I mean, if Ricky were in the field, I'd fade him again, but he's not. But, <laughs> but uh, I fade think Fowler. We'll we'll see we'll see where we end up with the matchups. I haven't seen him posted yet on on Bookmaker, but DJ is a absolute fade candidate. Um, yeah. Just has not been playing well, and I know he. It's weird to say that when he won a tournament, but like outside of that win. Yeah been absolutely awful and he's priced at the the ultimate favorite of the tournament so i imagine that anyone matched up with him is going to be an underdog and that will be very interesting if they could offer a a kc plus 130 to 140 against dj i might put my entire bankroll on it so don't do that don't actually do that i'm seeing uh i'm seeing one matchup right now and these just came out as i've been watching here it looks like there's dj versus tommy this guy fucks fleetwood Oh yeah, <laughs> and it but it's minus one hundred five Fleetwood minus one twenty five Dustin. So I mean, you're not getting tons of juice okay. on Fleetwood, but it's interesting. Yeah, and I'm not a huge Fleetwood fan this week, but certainly like him more than Dustin. I would if that goes to plus odds. I think I would want to dabble. I like it, Casey. Casey over DJ. Yeah, if we could get like a like a plus one thirty on that, sign me oh. up. Here's but a fun they, one that I a yeah. fun one that I want to see before you. Uh, before I interrupt again, <laughs> the it's fun one that okay. I'd, like, I'd like to see Brooks versus Chase Kepka because one, I didn't know Chase Kepka was on the PGA Tour, and two, I didn't know the brothers were playing in the same tournament like they are this weekend. I would love to see a matchup on that, and I would definitely bet on Chase. <laughs> yeah, Brooks sucks right now, so maybe yeah. you can get a nice little line on that one. Yeah, a little brother bet with some juice. You never know what you're going to see. And there's probably going to be some some names that you don't typically see in matchups and head-to-heads because it's a limited field. I mean, you can take a look. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. I haven't been looking at golf specifics for more than six to seven weeks, and I know this is a weak field. You're going to see names like Norlander probably in head-to-heads. You might see, I don't know, are you going to see like a Carlos Ortiz in a head-to-head? We don't know. So see a Cabrera, all kinds of wild names. Tringale, you know, Tringale. Probably Richie. not Tringale, but, you know. Yeah, I think so. If we're seeing Richie Rowenski in them. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> pretty Ricky. He's also favorited. <laughs> Maybe that's who he fade this this week because Ricky Fowler isn't there, but Ricky, what the hell is his name? Rottweiler? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't pronounce that again. All right, Richie. Screw it. 
Richie just, go w. To, <laughs> just go to our Twitter for all the matchups head-to-heads. We'll post that at wager underscore rager on Wednesday, which is probably when you're going to be listening to it. We'll get something up on Instagram, too. We'll get the outright card. But, yeah, definitely follow it there. There's been uh, plenty of people that have been tailing us, so I like it. I love yeah. it, actually. So plenty of interaction. And Shout out to my – money. I got to give a little shout out to my boy Chuck D who's been uh, following some of the bets with us too. Chuck D keep listening, spread the word. And at some point, maybe even Chuck D can get a t-shirt. Maybe he can get a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. There you go. Fellas, anything else you want to mention going into uh, Tringale 3M weekend? Oh, let's go get it. No, let's just end it there. Let's get some more money. (laughs) It seems like an easy week to get an outright. Not easy. I'm not going to talk us up too much, but this field is limited. Paul Casey, I'm feeling it, and I'm feeling all these fucking bets that we have. So let's get it. I agree. I'm ready to fill up the Brinks truck. Fill it up. (laughs) Bush Train and Dutch, pleasure as always. Absolutely, boys. Talk soon. Peace.